are the Pop Grillers. This is the show where we drop a spoiler-free review of anything from pop culture in less time than it takes to listen to a song. I'm going to try and do this about the film Her Smell, which I finally managed to watch. It follows the demise and rise of female punk band Something She and their front woman, Becky Something, as she falls apart from drug abuse and mental illness. For me, ultimately the film's pretty uneven and definitely overlong, but it's held together by Elizabeth Moss's charismatic and chaotic performance. Her performance is something I feel like we very rarely get to see, and especially from a woman, and of course she's completely unforgettable. The character's wild and volcanic, at times terrifying, and Moss gives it her absolute all. Her Smell is a film that I think we'd usually see fronted by a man, and he'd be held up as some sort of creative genius rather than focusing on their flaws, but this film does not shy away from that. Becky is messy, complicated. She might be a genius, but ultimately she's destructive to those around her. There are a few moments which are supposed to show that she's, you know, a, a musical genius, but they don't quite work for me. The moments where she's falling apart are unenjoyable, but they are a lot more compelling and they feel more real. There's also potentially something here for me about postnatal depression intertwined with Becky's substance abuse and inability to shut off her brain. I can't help but wonder if the vital signs of postnatal depression were missed by those around her. It feels like she's flailing and unable to fully connect with her young daughter, who she clearly loves but she can't focus on. As with anything, this could be played that she's a selfish mother, but her smell doesn't do things like that. It isn't simple, and much like real life, it's not easy to untangle everything that's happening to Becky. The score in particular of the film adds to like this absolutely intense, chaotic feeling, or that things aren't quite right in Becky's head. In fact, maybe the score is actually what is happening in Becky's head. For me, this erred on the side of slightly annoying rather than intrusive and pointless like the music in Birdman, which I do not have time to complain about now. But it feels like it's a completely deliberate choice, and I can't deny that it adds to the effectiveness and tension of the scenes where Becky's falling apart. There are some solid performances from Dan Stevens as Becky's ex and father of her child, Virginia Madsen as her mother, Where Have You Been, Virginia? I Miss You from My Screen, but most notably from Becky's best friends and bandmates, especially from Gail Rankin as Becky's loyal and exasperated drummer who has a less flashy role, but I feel she brings some nice steadiness and calmness every time she's on the screen. There's a much quieter second half that releases some tension from the previous hour. A more straightforward film might have shown us the years of Becky's recovery, but her smell skips this and allows us to focus more on the female friendships of something she and the other women entwined with them. In fact, for me, one of the best aspects is the lack of a sexual romantic relationship in the film. It could have been shoehorned into a different or lesser film. And I finished the film feeling it's a story about relationships between women and the unique dynamics of female friendship. So, you know, to sum up, as oddly disconnected as I sometimes felt from the film, Moss's performance drew me back at the end, and I felt myself being unexpectedly emotionally invested. It actually brought a few tears to my eyes, though this day that seems pretty normal as I've cried at Ryan the Last Dragon twice. If you like unrelenting tension of good times and uncut gems and want to see a powerhouse performance from Elizabeth Moss, then seek out her smell. And make sure you subscribe, because you never know when the pop colours will strike next. Season's greetings to all, and to all a warm welcome to the show where we take a nostalgic trip through an entire series, one season at a time, and consider them through a modern lens. 
I'm one of your hosts, Jack, alongside my international friend and co-host, Tony Farina. This is TV We Admired when it first aired, and this is the podcast where we assess whether it stands the test of time. Welcome back to the Hellmouth, everyone, for Binging Buffy. So, where do we go from here? Where do we go from here? Where do we go from here? Considering the recent news, we have to comment on the show's creator and the controversy surrounding his deplorable actions as reported. In fact, before starting, Tony and I discussed whether we should even carry on with our look back at the series, but ultimately decided that because it takes much more than one man to make a show, especially one that was such a milestone in its day as Buffy, that it shouldn't take one man to break a show too. Nobody could put it better than the embodiment of Buffy, Sarah Michelle Gellar herself. While I'm proud to have my name associated with Buffy Summers, I don't want to be forever associated with the name Joss Whedon. We stand with all those who have suffered abuse. And welcome. Very, very great job. Every time. I love it. Goosebumps every time. Goosebumps. So welcome to the UPN years, everybody. So yeah. in, in America, there were only three networks. And then there was a fourth network, Fox. And everyone was like, oh, that was a thing. So then two, two little chippy startups, the, um, the uh, WB and UPN both existed. And so the UPN got the rights to Buffy from the WB after season five. And now we're in the UPN. They sold 22 episodes. So no matter what happened, these were getting released. And so we will have a discussion, I think, this week, this month, and next month when we do season seven. And then our wrap-up when Rhea shows up mm. on our wrap-up episode to determine if that was a great choice. But for now, we're <laughs> just going to focus on season six. Um, and the summary of season six is there really isn't a big bad worth noting, which is Maybe problematic. We'll get into that. But it's mm-hmm. Buffy comes back from the dead. Um, there's, there's, um, that's it really. Buffy reconciling her life for for 22 yeah. episodes while Giles leaves, and there's a death of a beloved character, beloved to me anyway. Um, yeah, yeah, definitely beloved. Yeah, yeah, yeah I know. I, I, we'll talk about that too. We've got lots mm. to say. There's lots. This may be our most negative episode. I feel like we we may already just everybody can recognize that season six is going to end up ranked seventh <laughs> as far as best the best list that we do at the end. Um, it's going to be just going to be tight between that and season one. I think, yeah, it is. Well, and and, and when we get to that episode, um, I, I have arguments for both, so we'll see. Mm-hmm. See how mm-hmm. we go. So, so that's where we're at, everybody. Um, you know, there's some. Giles isn't in this season very much, and we'll, it, it, whether that's a good or a bad thing, um, you know, it's probably not good. Allison Hannigan gets a bigger chance to shine, um, but she could have anyway. So it is what it is. So here we go. Welcome back to season six on the Hellmouth. What are your memories of season six, my friend? Not that strong. Um, I think, you know, obviously it was just excited that it was coming back. Um, and I don't remember being massively disappointed at the time. I think, you know, it was just Buffy fever, wasn't it? As you know, it could have been over, but actually we've got more. Um, I remember thinking that they did a good job of trying to actually further a couple of characters this season. Um, but then upon reflection, watching it now with, you know, a fresh eye, 
I'm not sure what how decent a job they did, but I think that was definitely the intention. Let's do something new. Let's take these characters in a new direction. Let's actually have some character development for some characters who haven't really developed that much. Um, but whether, yeah, whether whether that succeeds, we'll, we'll get into. But I think the Giles thing is a massive problem um, that, that is never resolved. This Well, not this season anyway. And then obviously he comes back in season seven. So it's resolved because they realised they needed Giles. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and they... They tried so desperately to explain away that Willow could be the Giles, but even Willow yeah. knew Willow can't be the Giles. And it just, it, and I don't know, I didn't, I'll be, I'll be a bad host here and acknowledge I didn't do a ton of digging because the internet is full of, of rumors and stuff. So why yeah. he was out, whether it was his choice, whether it was a different gig, you know, like sometimes that happens, you know, your show is going to get canceled. He's a West yeah. End level actor. Um, you know, he's always in demand for things. He's amazing. He does music theater. So it's like, it could just be, he's like, look, I, the show is over. I took another job. So, you know, there's, we, I don't know. Do you have a definitive answer what the reason was? I don't, I remember reading, um, and again, I don't know how much this is true, that the BBC were developing like a Ripper spin-off show that was going to be kind of Doctor Who, but Giles, mm-hmm. um, where he was going to be in the UK and was dealing with like magic-based problems and which would have been awesome. I would have watched the hell out of that. So I don't know whether that was at this time, like he was leaving this to still be in the universe or whether that was meant to be post season seven. I'm not sure, but no, it feels like, yeah, you put it right. They desperately try to explain away why he's not going to be there. And each time it's reaching, it's not convincing at all. I don't think. Yeah. The best part about it is the song he, the, the duet that he sings with Tara. And Definitely. I love that song. I mean, and that like, to me, that is, that's the best reason for him to need to go, but it doesn't yeah. necessarily mean that he needs to be gone forever. It needs to be, there needs no. to be a different way to, to square that circle, but that song is beautiful and he's a great singer. And then when, when she comes in and they do the duet, that's just lovely. It's amazing. Yeah. If he was yeah. off for a little bit, cause he had to go and do something. That's fine. Right. Like, I'm needed here. It's to do with my past, blah, blah, yeah. blah. And then come back, but writing him out for him not to come back to come back. Yeah, it feels like they just didn't know what they were doing. We're back to like season four, aren't we? Where there's clearly not control over what's happening across the season's arc. Right, right. And it's 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 more troublesome because season two and three are so tight. Season mm-hmm. five was so great. So mm-hmm. to be like, then to be reminded, you're right, to go back to season four. And they do, I think season seven is going to stand up better than everybody thinks it does. You've got yeah. obviously that great performance by Nathan Philly in there. and um, But I think... I think, I think our mind, our memories of this, that's why I love doing the show. Cause I think our memories of season six are it's better because of once more with failing. And then yeah, agreed. Yeah. And hush season four is better because of hush. But you're like, yeah. well, those are two of the best episodes of all time, but they're enough. Like that's, what's anchoring it along. It's um, yeah. it's like, you're the band who puts out an album a year with one hit on it and nine janky tracks. But that one hit is enough to sell half a million records. So you get to keep going out. And and that's what, that's what this season feels like. It's literally a musical episode. It's like, this is our one hit wonder. Although I, you know, I think there's a couple of good episodes here. So it is a, it is pretty interesting, but let's, that'll be our transition. to um, Favorite and best. I think we know what best is, but I think, I think favorite will be interesting. Mm -hmm. Um, I would like to wonder, and you always say that they don't start well, but you mentioned to me off air mm. that you thought this was maybe the strongest start to a season. 
I think up until this point, and I can't really remember. I remember how season seven starts, but not how it stands up standard wise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is the strongest start to season ever. I think actually, I think so. The first what uh, three episodes are all decent, and actually, episode three is on my like good list. Yeah, on my on my kind of top picks list. Um, and normally it's the reverse, isn't it? The first three episodes it struggles to find its feet, but it had something to do for the first two three episodes that really helped it and then it starts wandering off in really Ooh. weird random directions that yeah we'll get into that i do not enjoy yeah there's a, our, our bad list is going to be long before we get to yeah. i think the ones we dislike i don't it's hard to pick just my least favorite so i think we <laughs> probably have a couple of i think the worst is the worst without a doubt um but so let's do our best, our favorite before we get to best. So which one is your favorite and what's on your good list? My, yeah. So my favorite is my best. There's, oh. there's just like, there's like one here for me, which is the obvious one. Yeah. So yeah. if you want to, if you want to oh, lead sure. on favorite, please yeah. go. Yeah. Okay. Well, so when, when years before we started this last year, before we started our, our endeavor, and it was actually, I don't even remember who it was. I think it was Neil maybe who tweeted from, from get your comic on. We'll be hearing mm-hmm. from him later in the episode. I think it was Neil. He tweeted something like, what's your favorite about the episode? Mm-hmm. And I said, um, at the time, my brain told me 100% mm-hmm. that without a doubt, it was going to be normal again. I had this love affair for normal again. So I went into mm-hmm. season six saying it's going to be my favorite. It is not. It is It is top three. Mm-hmm. Um, I still think it's brilliant. My brain told me the whole thing was in the asylum. That we yeah, can yeah, cut yeah, back yeah, and forth. Yeah. And so I I retconned it myself. So upon second viewing, I'm like, it's still brilliant. Mm-hmm. It would have been better if it had all been in there. If the whole cast was only at the beginning and the end, and we let Sarah do her amazing acting job, and you get yeah. you know Christine back, and there was a lot of good. So I think the goodwill that those scenes of her in the asylum, it's up there for me. To be fair, I like um, it's got a little plus on my notes. It's in my yeah. top five. I like I like all that stuff you mentioned, the asylum stuff, the acting, having Joyce, having Christine back is amazing. Um, it feels like a sister episode to Earshot. Yeah, right. It does. So yeah. I absolutely love. Love, yeah. Um, but this has the fundamental flaw for me that it just doesn't work timeline. My brain just says no. It hits a certain point and my brain says no, that doesn't work. It, in terms of like... Um, Joyce's reaction to Buffy announcing she's the Slayer in end of season two. Yep. It does break. Why she doesn't says, she say, oh, I always knew. had this before. Um, so my brain just doesn't let me get past that point. Yeah, it's right. And that's, and realizing that I had, re- re- I had, I had fixed it in my yeah. head. So, so my favorite is Tabula Rasa because mm-hmm. that is, you, you, this silly little show on this mm-hmm. upstart network, and now it's on a new upstart network to say, look at this talent. Mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. and 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 you know, to follow up once more feeling with this brilliant performance. So we've just shown you this brilliant, you know, musical theater. Now look at these look at the comedy. It is mm-hmm. so funny. Um, I like it when when Amber Benson gets a chance to act. Um, mm-hmm. which she doesn't always like her. She is, that's the thing. We we don't know that because this is the first thing most people have seen her in. So she's, they think that's just her, like the stuttering. Yeah. So you realize, oh, that's all been an act. So I just, I think Tabula Ross just, 
it moves the story along. It gets it gets mm-hmm. us to Tara's unfortunate ending. But it also it just I just thought the performances were great. It was so funny. Randy Giles. That yeah yeah yeah. Anytime you can get Spike and Giles badgering each other, it's always good. There's um, yeah. So to me, hindsight now, without a doubt, favorite episode of season six, without a doubt. Again, yeah. I mean, it's another one that's in the list for me for top five. Um, it's that thing that we keep talking about when actors get to do something different. They get to bring a different layer. They get to so when Angel gets to be Angelus and um, Spike gets to be Bad William. Spike and, yeah. and William. Yeah, absolutely. So here we get everyone getting a turn. Yeah. Um, Nicholas Brennan's best performance of the entire series. Yeah, agreed. Absolutely, yeah. I think I write actually, like, um, it's scanning my notes now, yeah. Genuinely funny episode, even Xander in brackets. Yeah. So like, uh, Yeah, definitely. It's the first time he's not, he's not um, doing anything that's too creepy or like through that 2020, 2021 lens that, that is bothering us. It's got cool moments like Giles fighting a Ray Harryhausen skeleton, which is just awesome. Um, yeah, Randy Giles is so good. Every time. <laughs> it's so and the, funny. And the realisation, like, I'm a, va- I'm a vampire. Like, yeah, yeah. James Masters is bringing it on that episode again. I, it slightly bothers me that it's two spells gone awry back to back. Sure. Um, that maybe feels like the spacing could have been a little bit different. Definitely I, should have been. Mm-hmm. And I really don't like the sewer montage. The, the, the sewer sequence, sorry. Yeah, yeah, that's too long. It, it goes on too long. Um, but they're nitpicks. It's still a strong episode. Overall. I think everything sure. that's good about it way outweighs the bad. Um, like the, the villain in that episode, the villain of the week there, like the hammerhead shark guy, is um, a brilliant design. Because some of the creature design this season is cheap. It looks like back to early on. Budget has clearly been hacked by UPN. Yeah. They had to um, pay all that in the money. I, I, they had to, you know, they paid a lot to get it. They paid, mm-hmm. they overpaid to get the series. So then they were like, oh, shit. Right. You guys did a musical. <laughs> you know, like I go back to my, one of my, like the CW, which is what this, these two networks merged to become the CW. Mm-hmm. Um, the, Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, which has been my favorite show of the yeah. CW. There's, a, there's in one of the seasons, they sing a whole song, how they spend their whole budget on one video and that Daryl's going to be a broom on a stand. So it's funny when I think about what you're saying is like, oh, we, mm-hmm. did, a, we did one musical episode. And so now we've got a, it's almost like the, the Invisible episode was done to like save money. Yeah, sure. That makes you know? sense. It's like, we don't have to do any special effects if she's just standing off standing in the studio and the editing, the sound editing on that was awful. You could tell she was doing that from a booth. Like who, yeah. who mixed that? The mix was awful. I never realized how bad it was, but listening to it with headphones on, you're like, whoa. Yeah. That's <laughs> so, on the bad list, that one. Yeah. Well, we'll get there for sure. Okay. We'll anyway, so, there, yeah. so favorite and best is obviously. Once more we're feeling it. It has to be, doesn't it? And even that is not without its problems to be fair, which we'll get into, but. From the second it comes up and it's the, yeah, like classic Hollywood titles and the music and we launch into Buffy um, singing in, in the graveyard with like the the very like kind of musical vampires okay. and demons in the background. Yeah, it's brilliant. It's, and maybe this helps with the start of the season as well because everything before this has to lead to this point because you need people in certain positions for the songs to work. Yeah. Um, 
So yeah, the start of the season, other than like one one episode is is decent, and then yeah, this just blows blows out of the water. I think um, you can tell the people who are really enjoying their chance. Giles is obviously an amazing singer. Anthony Stewart yeah. is an amazing singer. Yeah. Amber Benson's an amazing singer. James Ooh. Masters is is a singer. He's in a band, I think. Isn't he's he? in a band. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Sarah Michelle Gellar gives it gives it good. I think she's really decent. She's decent. Yeah. Yeah, yep. yeah. But I mean, for, you know, she's yeah. an actress. Not. Um, yeah. Alison Hannigan didn't enjoy it. There's herself. a reason. There's a reason. Yeah. Yeah. She's, I hear. She, yeah. I hear. She asked for as few lines as possible. Right. Yep. Yeah. And it's clear. She. Um, and I get it. I mean, that's it's. It's not for yeah. everybody. You know, not everybody can be. You know, it's it's. When you find out, I'm, we just started watching this show, which, I, I, by the way, is amazing. It's called Central Park. It's on Apple Plus TV. It's a musical cartoon. I didn't even know what it was. I saw an ad for it. This is how advertising works. And it just showed a list of all the <laughs> actors who are in it. I'm like, what is this? Oh. So, so we go to watch it. Didn't know it was a musical. So it's a musical cartoon. And there's a song, Catherine Hahn sings. And I look over at my wife and I'm like, fuck her. How can she be that good <laughs> at everything? Like, can you be bad at something? So at least... Alison Hannigan, you're like, okay, sure. you're human. Where Catherine Hahn, you're like, clearly, because you're that <laughs> funny, you can do drama, you can do everything. Oh, and you can sing. <laughs> so it's like one of those things where at least it made you feel like, oh, Alison Hannigan, at least you're human. That's how I felt about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, no, no criticism at all. I mean, everyone gets to oh. hear my single line uh, rendition at, at every episode, and we all know <laughs> not everybody can sing. It's absolutely fine. Yeah, yeah. No, I right. She definitely wasn't having as much fun. I, um... I love it. Of course, it's the best. We all can agree it's the best. It's gonna, yeah. it's gonna be in a fight, a fist fight, like inside a phone booth with Hush. I think overall, um, yeah. in the final two, um, I right now couldn't decide. Like gun to my head, I couldn't decide which one I would say is the best. Um, mm-hmm. Interestingly enough, I think those right now are are the top two for me, and they're in two of the worst seasons. So it's, yeah, again, yeah, yeah. it's their one hit wonders. Um, uh, no, everything you said is totally true. Um, the only criticism, the thing that gets me. Mm. is um the xander um the the their dance number is great but why does emma have to be in her underwear and he's in front uh, of okay. like sure yeah yeah do you know what i mean like what is i, I love that song i'll never tell i i, mm. I do think it's such a fun thing and emma caulfield is such a great singer. yeah she's Again, amazing she's amazing but um i was like wait in hindsight i've forgotten that too it's one of those things that you're like i know this song i listen to this soundtrack all the time so I didn't think about it. And then you see it, you're like, all right, he's in full jammings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she's literally in her underwear. And I know it's probably like a call. It's supposed to be a callback to like the door. She's supposed to be Doris Day. Mm-hmm. But, you know, Rock Hudson in those wasn't dressed in his full jammings. Yeah. I mean, it's Sweden directed. Let's be honest. Right. Uh, Nicholas Brendan is not in the best shape of his life in this season. No, Maybe that's not. another reason. Yeah. He may be asked to be a bit more covered up. Yep. Um. Emma Crawford is obviously an actress in a hit TV show, so she yeah. keeps herself in shape. Yeah, um, and probably didn't. I, I, I don't. I don't know how this works for, for actresses. Do they mind showing off when they're looking good? You know, if I was Chris Hemsworth, yeah, somebody said take yourself off. Shirt off. I know. All right, that's fine because yeah. you know I look like that. If you ask me now, right. I'm all right. Well, thank I'll you. Some right. on. Right, right. No, I think that's a good point. Right? Did you ever see Date Night with uh, Tina Fey? And yes, yes, yeah, yeah. Mark yeah. Wahlberg doesn't have a shirt on the whole time, and by the end of the movie, like Steve Carell's like. Can we just put on a fucking shirt? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I get it. But if you're Mark Wahlberg, you're like, why would I ever wear a shirt? Of course. Yeah. <laughs> um, Paul Zander, because I'm going to pick on him now as well. 
Yeah. I, I hate the ending. I hate the ending. The show is, I mean, perfect is a strong word, but, you know, it's been it's been hitting on every single level. Mm-hmm. I really like Sweet, the, the villain, the bad guy. Yeah. Uh, his, his music number's great, and his clothes, like, change colour is oh, awesome. Yeah. Um, and his interaction with Dawn, I think this is a really important episode for Dawn. She really grows from this episode, I think, onwards. Oh, but totally. The, the reveal of, like, Xander, like, I just Again. it's going to be fun. Yeah. It's ridiculous. It's just, it wouldn't, I don't know if he wrote himself into a corner and he couldn't get out of it. Maybe he didn't want to do the same thing as Hush, which was, you know, Demon comes and takes over town. Again, this is like a sister episode to that, isn't it? But the idea that he conjured this up to cheer everybody up just doesn't work. Because he, again, he did this before. It's the right. exact, this already happened with the love charm with Cordy. I mean, he's done yeah, this yeah. already. And yeah. so, and in both times and in the episode when he thinks, when, when he thinks he lets Oz out, when he falls asleep, he, there's no, nobody's ever like, you dumbass. No. You were out of the team. I don't care how much you and Willow have been friends since birth. You're out. But yeah, he's constantly coming down on Willow when she's using magic. Yeah. For the rest of the season. Oh, are you doing magic again? Are you doing magic again? Don't do magic. But it's all right for him. Yeah, yeah. I, I really don't like it. I don't, I don't know if you've got a fix. You're normally quite good at fixes. I'm not sure what I would have done, but that just doesn't work for me. The fix to that, I think the fix is that it just let it, like, let it be done. Right, yeah. Let it be done. Like the whole episode is letting us think that it's done. Mm-hmm. Let it be done. Let it, and this is how you find out that Don's stealing. Like just let yeah. that up. And, and you've already told us how to fix it. You fix it by moving this back for episode, like not back, like mm-hmm. for instead of it being episode eight, have it being episode 12. Yeah. So you do those other crappy ones in between. Cause you know, and that's again, because Tabula Rosa, Tabula Rosa's um, so good. You know, maybe you could, do Tabula Rosa first, have yeah. that happen, do a few other episodes, then drop this one in so that then the reveal with Dawn's kleptomania. But again, mm-hmm. if you're trying to get Giles out of the show, you got to do it. So again, it could just be writing. But to me, that's the answer. You just push it back to mid-season mm-hmm. and then it's just Dawn. And that would make sense because yeah. you would make the setup would be it's Willow. It, because we already have seen Willow do the Tabula Rosa thing. It went wrong. Yeah. Now we realize, oh, it's not. So the whole setup is it's Willow, it's Willow, and then the reveal is it's gone. So I think there's there's the solution, maybe, um, because they're setting you up to make you think it's gone. They are. And then there's an episode later on. I was just trying to trying to scroll and find. I couldn't remember which one it was. Um, where it, maybe it's when Dawn is caught out for being, for stealing. I can't remember. Uh-huh. It's, when they're lo- it's when they're locked in the house and they can't get out. Right, because of the vengeance demon. Yep. Yeah. Um, and then there's a scene in Dawn's bedroom where she's like being a bit kind of bratty and teenager. And there's a little kind of almost a little hint that Xander's covered for her. Uh-huh. Or, I've never, I've never read it that way. Anyway, I've never seen it that way anyway in the show. Yeah. And then when I was reading about the episode afterwards, there's this theory that, um, this moment could be a hint that in once more we're feeling Xander was covering for Dawn. So she doesn't get in trouble with, Oh, ha! Which I'm not sure still really works, but it's an interesting thought. I'll take it as a thought experiment. I disagree, but it's interesting. I, I, I will. It could be. It could be, but I just I don't think so. I think it was Xander. 
Um, and the reason I think it was Xander because the whole, um, and then they have to have the, you know, homophobic joke. Like you've come so far. He's like, do I have to go be your queen? And he's like, yeah. I'm like, okay, listen, you're a demon, first of all. So what mm-hmm. gender, what does gender mean to you? And then that like, you still have to throw a gay joke in. What is it? Like, let's, there's a gay couple over there. Like right, there's yeah. the whole, there's already the funny gay joke where they're like trying to not talk about, talk in front of Dawn about Willow yeah. and Tara having sex. And the way that the editing for the song is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At the end. So that's really great. So I'm like, good job show. And then you're like, oh, well, it's that typical dude douchebaggery that it's like, it's okay to watch two women make out, but like two dudes is, that's like, there's gay and then there's lesbians and lesbians are yeah. interested in straight dudes. No, they aren't. So let's quit pretending. And so um, that's what it, it feels even more lecherous that it's like, yeah. you have a whole song that ends with Willow and Tara having sex. And then Xander's still afraid of gay at the end. As you said, it's not even gay because it's interspecies. It's demon right. and human. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. And he's already what? into a demon. So it would have worked. Yes. Right. Good you know point. Yeah. I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. I'd what, would you, what would you say is your favorite song from the episode? Ooh, okay. Well, that's tough. That's so tough. It is tough, yeah, yeah. Um, <sighs> Let me rest in peace. Let me rest in peace. Let me get some sleep. Let me take my love and bury it in hole six foot deep. I can lay my body down, but I can't find my sweet release. So let me rest in peace. Yeah. He's so great. He's so great. And almost because too, Xander's like, oh, did Spike sing a widow song later? Yeah. Because it's like such a gut punch of a song and he's really bearing it all. And it's, so I, and I just think his performance is the best, but, but the one that I think that's the best one or probably my favorite, mm-hmm. but I think the best one is the duet, the, the Giles and Tara's duet is I think the best. So best and favorite are probably different even in the songs. Yeah. Stay. 
and that's brilliantly um, filmed as well. The cinematography oh. between um, with with Emma Benson with Tara in the foreground and Giles in the background coming to shot is beautiful. I mean, I I didn't want to pick Spike, but it'd be the same for me as well. It would yeah be rest in peace. There's the it for me. It's the bridge section. I know I should go, but I follow you like a man possessed. There's a traitor here beneath my breast And it hurts me more than you've ever guessed If my heart could be, it would break my chest When he does the whole, um, when he's talking about how he, obviously the whole thing is how he feels, but he's, rest in peace, and we've got the chorus, and he does the, um, he's talking about how like he's a man possessed, and yeah. we have the, the bridge where it every slows line. down. Yeah, it's a bridge. Yeah, and rhyming couplets, yeah, yeah. Like there's a there's a line he delivers there when he says like um, if my heart could beat it would break my chest. Love that line. Yeah, which is so well deli- delivered by him. Yeah, we were talking on Twitter the other day about cover songs. Yeah, and um, I picked Hugh McGregor doing your song from Moulin Rouge. Yeah, there's a line in that as well when he says um, he's talking about like a I think it's talking about the eyes. He's like I can't remember if they're green or they're blue. I think it's a line from from your song. And you can tell everybody. This is your song. It may be quite simple, but now that it's done. Hope you don't mind. I hope you don't mind that I put down in words how wonderful life is. Now you're in the And I kicked off the moths Oh, some of these verses Well, they got me quite cross But the sun's been kind While I wrote this song It's for people like you that Keep it turned on So excuse me for getting these things I do You see I've forgotten If they're green or they're blue And the way he delivers that Just every time gives me goosebumps And the way that James Master delivers that line About if my heart could be could beat It would break my chest yeah. Just every time gets me It's brilliant Yeah, it is, it is Yeah, there's no doubt Yeah, but I, I think that's my favourite I think best is the other one um, because I, you know, again, they're, they're, and that, that line, that song moves the rest of the season for yeah. more than any of the other songs. Like when Buffy at the end, when she tells him she was in heaven and that's important to what happened previous, but that yeah. song, you know, if is so big and again, their voices are great and they mm-hmm. match, they like are really, mm-hmm. they, they harmonize well and it's, it's good. I, I, um, to me, it's just important. It's the most yeah, yeah. important Agreed. song. Yeah. I love a good so, reprise as well. That's true. And I have to say again, one of those, you know, fuck you, um, Michelle Trachtenberg can dance. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. It's like, and I don't know if they knew they're like, oh, Michelle Trachtenberg does ballet or, you know, or if they, she had to learn it. Either way, it was really impressive. She was mm. 
really great because the guy who plays uh, Sweet is really good. And he's they, like a b- musical performer, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. He's that's his that's his jam for sure. But yeah, but um, she keeps pace. She really does, and she switches because she does the ballet dance first, and then she has to do the other dancing with him. So I was really impressed with her. And uh, as we said last last month, I think she's really talented. Um, mm. I think, and this this, and you said as a character, she moves forward, but I think Michelle Trachtenberg's performance. And I think that's why that one you're talking about where they're trapped in the house, she's reverting back to super bratty Dawn. I don't mm-hmm. like that. I think that's mm-hmm. a step back for the character and for the actor, because she probably read that script and was like, oh, I don't want to yeah. do the throat scream anymore. <laughs> get out, get out, get out. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, I hopefully she, they only made her do a few takes because that had yeah. to hurt. But um, yeah. So, so we agree. Everyone can agree. I think everyone's in agreement. I think that was no surprise to anyone, was it? No, everybody knew going in. Um, yeah, it's it is it is special. Um, you know, this was the season that I I kept from the girls the most because sure, there's so sense. much in it that when they were little, little that I was unwilling to have them cope with. Mm. Um, and so, but of course, once more, feeling that soundtrack was on a loop, and we they could all sing it and you know do duets and and it was. It was a delight around the house, of course. So, and this is a time I'll tell everybody um, that after they saw Once More Feeling, one of the things that we did was um, as a family, and I'm sure I have these somewhere, we actually tried to write lyrics to the Nerf Herder song, like the theme song. So it's like that original thing we had, like the three of us tried to, my my two girls, because we blended. So it was just, it was just us at the time. I wasn't married to my wife at the time. Um, so it was the three of us. We were trying to write lyrics, trying to write lyrics to Buffy, like give the Nerf Herder theme lyrics about the characters. I, it didn't go well, but, you know, they were like six and seven or something. So we was, need that in the finale, Tony. We need that. Badly. I'll see if I can find it. Sure. I'll, yeah. I'll see if I can do it. And I'll, if not, I'll send them messages because they reach my youngest is actually in her own Buffy rewatch right now. And mm-hmm. Emma has done some Buffy rewatching and we. And I definitely in the finale, I've got words from Emma that Emma wants me to share oh, awesome. with everyone about um, how important Buffy was in Emma's life. So we'll we'll save that for the end, mm. you know, so because I think it's important. I was going to do it when when Emma told me, but I was like, I'm going to save that for the very end because um, I think it it ties the whole the whole thing. up. Yeah, 100 percent. Yeah. So um, here we go. So the list of Ooh. bad and worst is long. Um, yeah. I, OK, I. It's so hard. It's so hard, but and I know this sounds this sounds stupid, but my, I think I'm going to say my least favorite mm-hmm. is the Halloween. Is um, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. I and again, it's being a. I think it's having teenage daughters all the way is what it's yeah. called. Yeah. Um, I know it was supposed to be a let's give Michelle Trachtenberg her own show. Mm-hmm. It was bad. They should have maybe cast different actors. Um, yeah. I, th- I think my problem with it, the reason it's my least favorite is, first of all, it's the worst Halloween episode there is. I just didn't try it. Yeah. And, and the actors they cast as the vampires are just so old. <laughs> Michelle Trachtenberg is the only actor they've hired who's her actual age. Right. Yeah. And so it's so it's stark. I know we're supposed to pretend that in this episode, Sarah Michelle Geller is supposed to be 21 years old. OK, we know that she's not. We know that none of them. We've talked about it. But Michelle Trachtenberg is 15 years old mm-hmm, in this episode. Mm-hmm. And those boys are men. Yeah. yeah and yeah. it was really uncomfortable for me to be like, 
I understand acting. I know that Wonder Years was one of my favorite shows growing up. And, you know, and I know that both Fred Savage and Dana McKellar have said it was always weird for us that our first kisses were with each other on TV because they were 12 years old actors. So, you know, I think acting is weird. I think kissing people. Yeah, yeah. It's a weird it's a weird job. Okay, so that all notwithstanding, but you're asking a 15-year-old, like, it's not like a peck. There's, like, lingering, uncomfortable makeout sessions with a guy who's clearly (laughs) at least 20, if not older. Mm -hmm. It just, and the whole episode is just stupid. So it just, it bugged me. It is my least favorite. It was was a tough call because there's some other shitty ones, but that's my least favorite. It didn't, it escaped my bottom, so I sort of did top five and bottom five. So it's sort of escaped my bottom five, but yeah, there's loads and loads of problems. Um, that first and foremost, everything you've just spoken about, which is really well put. I mean, it's it's little nitpicky things for me. Like, yeah, Dawn and Janice, I think, is the the other girl, the friend. Yeah, they're touching, they're physical, they're kissing vampires. Yeah, why aren't, why aren't they recoiling? Why does Dawn not go? Hang on, you have no body temperature. Yeah, I know. She would know. You're a vampire. Yeah. It's, it's, it's stupid. Um, so stupid. There's, there's two things I think that save it for me. Yeah. There's, there's Charlie's Anya on skates, which is really cool at the start of the episode in the shop when it's all kind of poppy and fun. Yeah, yeah. And there's the explanation of why Giles cleans his glasses. Which Love is that. Quite that great. possibly the best line in the entirety of this series. <laughs> when Buffy goes, oh my God, that's why he was. It's amazing. It's so well delivered. And his like, no, no. And then yeah, he starts yeah. cleaning them. It's brilliant. Um, no, I agree. It, I agree. And honestly, Emma Caulfield is so good. It is. It was almost like, well, that's enough to save it. But it wasn't for me. It was just, no, 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 it was fair. too much. It was just too much. And so, so, well, that's my worst. So you've got a bottom five. So let's hear them. We rank them five <laughs> to five, five being your fifth to least favorite. And then we'll talk about your least, least favorite. Yeah. I'm, I'm not sure they're in uh, my, I'm not sure in order. Like my oh, worst, sure. my, okay. my least favorite. I, I think my worst is probably within my least favorite list, but sure. I, I don't like flooded. Um, so that's early on episode four. Yeah. Oh, Buffy's got a leak in the basement. I don't care. I don't care. I don't I, care. Yeah. I know it was supposed to be like, there, there was potential in flooded because of Anya's whole thing. Like, you should charge people to be the slayer. Like, yeah, I'm like, oh, well, over on Angel, you know, like you've got right. this, yeah, you've yeah, got yeah, this yeah. thing yeah. about Angel investigations. It's like, oh, well, you could do something with that, mm. but they didn't, and they could have. And I they thought that have, was absolutely. that was clever. That was a clever way to write around how do you be the slayer and make money. Mm. Yeah, but they they raced it with, and that that I talk about the bad character designs. Yes. Yeah. 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 Agreed. Um, and there's lots of hints for the future that come on, but it's just, it's the start of, and we'll get into this when we talk about the 2021 lens of, you know, Buffy faces real world issues. And that is not what I come to this show for. Right. And that's, that, that is what drags this whole season down for me. And I know, and we've had people that we, we love and we, we, we like, and we talk about all the time and who've engaged with us all the way through this process, who like that about this season yeah. and good for them. I don't. It really drags it down for me. Yeah. Um, they're right in their own opinion. They're not really. They're wrong. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't like Gone either. That's very poor. Um, funnily enough, the trio appear in that one, just as they do. In Shocking. Huh? Let's see what the... Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, and then... And as we talked what, about with Gone, the sound mixing was awful. 
Awful, yeah. It was, and again, you're a film guy. So what did they do? Can you explain to me what they did wrong there? Uh, Why does she sound like she's in a recording studio? Like they, well, I think they they're just not the- matching. Yeah, it's a bit like when um, you know when you watch older movies and the lighting isn't right because obviously you're in a studio and you're filming. Oh, on set. okay, yeah, yeah. And it's because they, they weren't technically proficient enough in those days to be able to match them. And now you get it in bad movies that don't know how yeah. to do it properly. So I guess it's just that, and they've not bothered equalizing it out, balancing it out. It didn't bother. That's exactly what I it is. I think that's it's what like, it is, yeah. You make a musical episode in this season, so you know they didn't sing that live. This isn't like the commitments right. where they were singing live. This isn't like... Yeah, 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 yeah. This is... They were in a studio. I've seen the behind the scenes. They recorded that in a studio. So you figured that out. It's so bad. It's so bad. Her voiceover is so... It's worse than Blade Runner bad voiceover. I just couldn't stand it. And just not technically <laughs> voiceover. She's just there. Yeah. It's so it was so stupid. Sorry. That just drove me crazy. No, no, you're right. And it's a um again, we're gonna get into it more, I'm sure. It's a tonal thing for me. The tone mm. is all over the place in that episode as well. Things that are meant to be funny against things that are meant to be serious, it just doesn't work. But that's a massive problem for the season. Yeah, which um, we will definitely talk about for sure. We yeah. will. I'll skip over the next one because I think that is probably both of our Worst. Yeah. And then, yeah, my my, my joint least favourites, because I can't separate them in my head, is Double Meat Palace and Hell's Bells. Oh. I, both of them I, I do not like, and I probably won't watch again, I don't think. Yeah. I, I know Hell's Bells matters because of... It does. ...character development. Is it? The character episode, regression. Yeah, sorry, yeah, in terms of like, yeah, in terms of... <laughs> Yeah, I don't. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Developed's not the right word, but uh, it's so boring. Oh. I just don't care about anything that happens in either of the episodes, and I should well, care. And you and Zelda aren't together anymore, but the way that they choose to depict it makes me not care. Yeah, well, and I think I think we're double meat palace, and I said this to you off air. Had a mm. potential for like three quarters of it because if you're going to lean into this being a season, not not about like Buffy having real life trouble. I get that. But if you're, I get why what you're saying, but it's about Buffy needing to live, yeah. needing to accept. And that's more normal again, in my mind, why I loved it so much is that was the moment when she decided that she wanted to live. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right. But so double meat palace was sort of there when she's realizing living in Sunnydale is hard being the Slayer is hard, but I love this life and I want to be, I want to do this job. I want to do it well. So using the double meat palace as a um, opportunity to kind of have a parallel commentary on that, right. To say double meat palace is she's going to, it's the gross, it's a gross icky job, but she's going to go into it. Yeah. You could use working at a fast food as a metaphor for being the slayer for three quarters of the episode. It does it Mm -hmm. because her friends show up, Spike shows up. She's trying to do something, but these people are drawn to her. So it's like, Oh, and then the weird alien head at the end. Like, yeah. what the fuck? And back to creature design. Like, cheap, looks awful. That makes no sense. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it makes me think of, um, have you seen Space, the UK? To me, this Double Meat Palace is meant to be, or uh, is attempting a kind of cuckoo's nest riff. At yeah. Point. And Space does a whole episode on that as well. And a lot, a lot, a lot better. Oh. Um, I think I think you've made it sound better already <laughs> than it felt watching it. So good job. So bad, though. Um, yeah. It's got a good Sonic Green reference. I mean, I, I'll take that. But 
yeah, the rest of it is just, I don't understand. Um, what was that? So they introduced it here. The Halfrek Cecily thing. Mm-hmm. The Halfrek, the vengeance demon, right, is right. Cecily that William was in love with. Right. I can't work out that time. They, they wanted the same actress, which is fine. They do it with um, Tom Link, who plays Andrew. He was a vampire before. Right, right, don't, yeah. Don't worry about it. Um, that bothers me as well, because it just doesn't work. I don't understand it. Uh, was she a vengeance demon then, or did she become one later? Well, it mm-hmm. turns out she was a vengeance demon, because she mentions it. Right. So she was just a vengeance demon that was hanging around in that era, England. Yeah. And, anyway. Um, it doesn't work. Yeah, again, it's you're trying so hard with the season to build continuity. Yeah. And then you keep fucking it up by doing stupid shit like that. You're like, are you yeah. not, why are you, it feels like the writing, not, there's not a writer's room, but these, when, you know, when you see written by, you always know that means that's the person who came with the idea, but there's a writer's room. There's always other people yeah. involved, but this one definitely feels like they were a bunch of different episodes written separately yes. because they had yeah. 10, this was a 10 episode season that needed 22 episodes. So like, here are the 10 most important episodes mm-hmm. that move us along. The first three, once more with feeling, Tavola Rosa, Seeing Red, unfortunately. Normal Again, I think, is in there. And the final yeah. ones, that's the, and Hell's Bells, unfortunately, too. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. the season, but then that's only 10. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And we're like, oh shit, what are we going to do with these other 12? So it's it's very much Monster of the Week um, that then they're trying to retcon into the, like, well, we did such a good job making the season five work. We got to mm. make these all connect. And so they couldn't, they couldn't decide what they were doing. And I, it feels like they're rewriting lines on the go. It just. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. It's that thing that you wouldn't even notice it in a good episode or a good season. You wouldn't, I wouldn't even think about it. Yeah. Because other stuff's bothering me. I'm, I'm nitpicking on, on everything now. It's that thing of like, you know, when you watch a movie and it's, you know, the best thing you can say about it is all oh, it's a good effects or, you know, the lighting was good or, you know, you, you can't find anything to say decent about it. Um, yeah. So yeah, I'm nitpicking and yeah. And Hell's Bells just, it just falls into that category of, of what I don't like about this season. Like I don't want everyday shit. I don't want soap opera shit. I want Buffy fighting supernatural beings um, as a metaphor for life. This is no metaphor for life. This is just in your face. Mm-hmm. But there's no metaphors in this season it's just life at this point is shit right. um particularly if you continue to make bad decisions which they all do in this season which i know we all do at certain points in our life as well but yeah it's just for me it's not what what buffy is is about and so that's this nitpicky thing like spike comes to the wedding it's broad daylight he's got a date it was raining oh that's come on the only that's listen <laughs> <laughs> that's right. what saves angel early on is cloud yeah, cover. yeah all right yeah so it's look i'm i'm reaching there were some clouds he just kept dodging wherever the clouds yeah that's right. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah but again i wouldn't even thought about it i'm sure there's hundreds of times when spike and angel have been caught in daylight that we could nitpick but because it's this episode because it's this season i'm noticing these things that bother me um I also really hate, and this isn't just Buffy, but I hate when you have these kind of episodes, when you have to have a big gathering of people and we cast extras. Who the hell are all these people? We've never seen them before. Like, I just don't believe that they're random aunts and uncles of Xander's. No, right. I buy all the demons for Anya. That's of course. Fine. It's and all plan. the demons that bother me. Of course, yeah. Um, yeah, no, yeah. I, I totally agree. I totally agree. And it's silly because they went out of their way in Gingerbread to have 
um, Mrs. Rosenberg, you're telling yeah. me she wouldn't come. Right. She wouldn't be at Xander's wedding. Mrs. Rosenberg would yeah, yeah, yeah. come on. That's not what, and she just doesn't exist anymore. She's like, um, nice. in the very first season of uh, Happy Days, which was a show about a pedophile that, that played in America. I don't know. Do you know Happy Days? No. It's where the Fonz is on it. You know who the Fonz is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a pedophile, right? He's an adult man who hits on oh, okay. high school children. I was like, I know Happy Days. What are you on yeah. about now? Like yeah, this no, is a, that's, a different yeah. show with the same name. Yeah. As a kid, I even dressed up as Fonz on Halloween one time because everybody like I thought Fonz. And then as an adult, and like the whole premise of the first three seasons of Happy Days is Fonz he picks up high school girls, and then it right. changes. He becomes a teacher by the end. You're like mm. three years ago, you were dating high schoolers as an adult <laughs> man. Should you be there anyway? <laughs> um, you got me to be fair. Sorry. <laughs> Um, anyway, I Sunday, totally lost Monday, Peter yeah, days. I totally lost my train of thought where I was going to go. It wasn't going to be about jumping the shark. It was going to be, oh, it was about Chuck. Season one of Happy Days, there was an older brother. Oh, and he just vanished it, does he? They just, he did, and they never, and so it's Mrs. The Rosenbergs are that way. Like, Mrs. Rose, why have her on? We even talked about it when we talked about that season. We're like, why is yeah. she here? She never shows up again. And this is, it's so evident here. Like, that was a mistake. It was, and one line. Again, if you're a good writer, and yeah, season yeah, yeah. five was so well written, it wouldn't be that hard to be like, oh, early on, even in season four, to be like, well, since I decided not to go to my Harvard and my parents are pissed, they moved to blah, blah, blah to do blah, blah, because yeah. they're researchers and write them out with a line, but there's no acknowledgement of where they where they went. So anyway, um, there you go. Sorry. Yes, everybody can throw hate mail at Tricycle Boombox. Yes, plans to pedophile. <laughs> I'm sorry to tell you. Um, He's not cool. <laughs> I'm the worst. I teach a um, literary criticism class, which I would love to teach again. And um, frog and toad are friends. No, I don't. It's ask, this sorry. children's. It's this children's book, and there's a frog, and there's a toad, and they're friends. But frog and toad are special friends, which is the word that you know people of of my parents' generation used to use for gay couples. And so I was like, we would always, I would always apply queer theory to frog and toad when I would okay, I love it. frog and toad, and they're like. You're right. Frog and Toad are. Like, <laughs> for sure. And it's totally great. And it was there. And I, I, all you have to do is look to see it. Um, so I love that about Frog and Toad, that it was just like, there it was in front of everyone. Like one of them leaves his pipe over at the other one's house. Oh. Yeah. Right. See, you get it. As soon as I say that, you're like, oh, does he now? <laughs> okay. Frog and Toad are special friends. So Anyway, I like to apply literary theory to things, but to this season, it's hard to do. I'll tie it back to both. Yeah. It is incredibly difficult to do. And I definitely stretched with Double Meat Palace. I just wanted to, I wanted to pretend there was something there. <laughs> no, no. I, I generally think like, like like you talking about it, like I say, it generally brought it up a little bit for me, yeah. but um, it, it, it's just back to, to repeat myself. It's just back to, those episodes for me just suck the life out of the season when it's yeah. Yeah, bills and floods and burger joints. And, and Riley. Wow. I think that episode is one of the better ones. I have to say. Do you say. really? I, I really do. Yeah. Talk about that. I think um, it's the best depiction he has in the whole series. I think they sure. do a really okay. good job of okay. writing him. And I think he does a really good job of performing him. I think the way they handle him and Buffy being back together is really mature. Um, that they, you know, they're not quite over each other, but also like he has moved on and it's really well handled. I think Sam is a brilliant character. I like her a lot. And I always and was wonderfully they, acted. 
it it felt to me though like this was this should have been earlier in the season. Sure. Um, because if you're trying to, because we know they get their Riley and Sam get their own comic, so yeah. it almost feels like they had an idea for Riley and Sam. Mm-hmm. I think, and if that's what they were trying to do, it just didn't work for me. Where it came sure. in, it came in at the wrong time, and it felt like filler. Not yeah, that it was I mean, bad, but it just feels yeah. like filler. Like we need an episode. What's what's Mark doing? Yeah, what's, yeah, it makes sense. <laughs> I know. think um, I think it's here for the turn, isn't it? Because Spike being the Doctor is happening now because it's that tale of the Buffy and Spike relationship, mm. and this is kind of like the final moment, isn't it? That, that kind of mm. pushes her. So I think that's why it comes in here for, for that part. That and makes she sense. Needs, yeah. And she needs Riley to have found out about that more than anybody else, perhaps. Because Tara already knows at this point, doesn't she? Yep, Tara knows. Yep. But she's the only one. But Riley, who was the kind of the previous boyfriend and um, was that kind of paragon of goodness, I suppose, for, for a while for her, rather than being, you know, a vampire with a soul, a vampire without a soul. Yeah, yeah. So I, I think I think it's there for that reason, isn't it? I think you're right. Stormare would have worked better earlier in the season. Yeah, I, 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 I like that episode. I actively like it. I think. Yeah, that's fair. I think it's totally fair. I think you you've sold me on it. And again, I don't think I hated it. It was just like it felt like another. Yeah. It was Let's a monster of the week. Yeah, I just it, it felt like filler. Like I said, I mean, I really think before we get into the one that we all think is the worst and and. And questions are are abound about that. So we'll try to answer some of the questions. But mm. I, seriously, I look at it. So I think the first three episodes are, are required. Yeah. And then we can skip to Once More With Feeling, Tabula Rosa. So that's five. Mm-hmm. The Smashed and Wrecked is really one episode. And it's really just 22 minutes. Like, we get it. Like, it was so... The, the magic as drugs, we got it. Like, you yeah. have to, like, beat us over the head with it. So those two could have been filtered in to the Tabula Rosa or once... Like, those could have been... <laughs> it's important. But again, like you said... The metaphor is supposed to be magic is drugs, but we're actually going to make her say the lines out loud. Yeah, 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 yeah. How dare you? How? Who do you think is watching this show? Yeah. What? Well, I, I do wonder at this point, who do they think was going to be watching on you? I have no idea. That was such bad writing. So then, um, oh, wow. Then House so Bells. I, I would say As You Were, because it's because I think uh, it's okay. Riley closure. Sure, the Riley closure. Okay. Hell's Bells. Unfortunately, we need Hell's Bells, even though And it's then trapped. Normal again, because she has to pick, just to choose, right? Yeah, yeah. To move on. And then the last, then Seeing Red, and I think Two to Go, Villains and Grave are one episode. There's one yeah, episode yeah, of material are. in there. So that's maybe, by merging some things together, maybe you have eight, eight of 22. Yeah. Full, yeah. I, that's my feeling. Is there anything I'm yeah. missing, do you think? No, I think that's totally fair. So sad. What great, because there's some really good performances in this season. It was, yeah. Yeah, well, 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 yeah, we'll see, I suppose, if we agree on which ones are the good performances. But um, it was a slog. It was hard to get through this this season. We had an extra week compared to when we normally record. Mm -hmm. And that, if I'd had that in season five or season three, I would have been sitting around twiddling my thumbs. Yeah. Waiting to record. But it gave me the time I needed to get through the episodes for this one. I went the other way. And I just was like... I just, I need to I've, I've been waiting. I needed the 10 day break before we talked about it. Cause if I had, if I had finished it up, like you did just a few yet, yesterday, I, yeah. I would, I would have been way more harsh than I am. And I still think I sound like a dick. I'm talking about <laughs> my favorite TV show of all time. Yeah. Um, 
of all time. Like it is my favorite TV show of all time. And, and so I'm, I'm saying this from a place of love Mm, um, that I'm glad season six exists because Mm -hmm. there are some good, there are important things that happen in there, but it is really, it's when you have to compare it to itself is the problem is that season six is bad in comparison to five in comparison to three is season six. If I were to look to see what else was on TV in 2002 mm-hmm. is season six better than most of those things. Probably. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. I'd have to go back and think <laughs> yeah, what, what other drama or sci-fi shows were yeah. on TV. Lost on at that point. Hmm? Pre-lost, isn't it? I think at that point. And I never have watched Lost, so 24 was on at that point, isn't it? Um, I know that's not sci- supernatural, but yes, yeah. yeah, but it. it's action, an action adventure show. Yeah, 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 yeah. Fair, fair. Within it's genre, right? Yes. Yeah. It's just tough. It's tough. Anyway, so let's get on. Let's do the nasty. And and I will preface it by this question from our friend Tanya and co-host mm. last episode. Did the controversial spike scene in Seeing Red add any value? In light of recent weed-in revelations, what warnings were evidenced in this problematic season? Um, and I think that has a lot to do with Seeing Red. So um, Seeing yeah. Red is, is, is tough. I think we should tell everybody that we each remembered something different about this episode. Yeah, that's true. That I remember the spike scene. That's all I could remember. And so when it was my day to watch seeing red, I took a day off. I couldn't Mm -hmm. do it that day because of the spike scene. And for you, it was something different that all you could remember. Yeah. yeah. So obviously I knew, I knew the spike scene was in this season, but I didn't know what episode it it fell in. Whereas for me, it was um, obviously the the final scene where we lose Tara, sadly. Yeah. And I, I thought that was at the beginning of the next episode. I thought, mm-hmm. and my brain, and it is, it's replayed at the beginning of Villains, yeah. but in my brain. And so the reason is, is I didn't let my kids watch this episode mm-hmm. because they replay it at Villains. So I prepared them because they cried so hard when Buffy died. It was like, Tara's yeah. going to die. I'm be ready. So she dies right at the beginning. <laughs> of tw- so in, <laughs> in, in my mind, that's what that's when it happened. So I had forgotten sure. that it was the same episode. It's it a bit was, like the body, isn't it? How um you get the repetition of Joyce. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Joyce. So anyway, what what about seeing red makes it your least favorite and the worst? Well, again, I think uh, there's another one we'll talk about that I would put up there with seeing red, but it's all okay. tied together to the character yeah. of Warren, isn't it? It's the character of Warren, it's the misogyny of Warren. Um oh, are you not is this not the one that you think is the worst? Are you thinking it's the other one? I I would probably say dead things is worse than this personally. Oh, okay, fair enough. For, because of the same thing from the previous season. Yeah, agreed. That's fair. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's yeah. totally fair. I think um, I think the scene with Spike is the worst thing in the season. Yeah, yeah. Um, and to Tonya's question, I've got no idea what it adds. I don't know why it's there. Um, I think I understand that they wanted. Spike to get to the lowest possible point in order to go on this quest to be- mm-hmm. to better himself, but he's not going to better himself. He's actually going to try and lose the chip, right? And by accident, he gets, gets reinstalled. Yeah, um, which is a good moment actually in that last episode. It's cool. Yo, he's, he's great. Done, yeah, he's, he's great really in well. that final episode. Yeah, yeah. But again, there was so many different ways we could have brought him down to this place, which wasn't this, and. I know he doesn't like it. I read. I read a lot of him saying he he doesn't like it. He, doesn't, he, he didn't like therapy. it the day. Yeah, yeah. He doesn't like it now since. Um, 
I just don't know why we're putting our character of Buffy in this position. I, 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 there's there's another thing, a dead thing, that I really don't like. Yeah, let's go. Um, with, yeah. with Buffy and Spike, which is when they're up on the balcony. Yeah. That's dead things, I think, isn't it? Um, yeah. When Spike's like seducing Buffy at the bronze up on the balcony. Yeah, what the fuck? And he's like, no, you look at your friends, you look at your yeah. friends. Like, that's really gross and horrible. Um, that's more than bad enough. And that I understand more because I actually think they're both as bad to each other in this season and the way they treat each other. Mm-hmm. I think he he like um, gaslights her a lot, doesn't he? But she's totally using him um, because he is nothing to her. So she doesn't mind the fact that she's abusing him. So I think I think there's abuse on, on from both of them to each other. I'm not excusing that, but I think there's a kind of a balance to it. Um, but the place we go to in seeing Red, I I can't fathom what what the thought was. Nobody knows. Nobody knows what I read is James said to the writer right before that scene, like he's standing outside the bathroom, ready to walk in. And he looked at the writer and was like, you guys just have to write this. I have to go mm. do this. Mm. And, you know, and, and Sarah, you know, she she's friends with all these. These are her people yeah, still yeah. to this day. And so that that had to be really hard on them. And he he has said there's certain roles he's turned down. Mm-hmm. Like he just doesn't ever want to play a character who does this again. And, you know, he's the one who makes Spike. But if it's not for his beautiful performance of him in season two. There is spikes out. Yeah, spikes out gone, of the show. Yeah. It's all about him and his chemistry and everything we've said about how great he is and, and the way that he shows up in season seven and beneath you at the mm-hmm. like that whole his he's a, such a good actor. Yeah, it was it's it's three minutes that are unnecessary. Yeah. Um, and there's no resolution. I don't I don't buy the the he needs because you're right, he can his lowest thinks is with what he does with Anya. That's his lowest thing that yeah, he does. Agreed. And that's yeah. already there. And then that's all about choice that people are making. And you've mm-hmm. got this, again, you've got this paragon of feminism and Buffy Summers and you're, yeah. and you're putting her in this position. And again, these things happen to people, but it just makes, it makes no sense. And because, and you're probably right. Dead things is probably the worst now that you've talked me into it. It's just, I couldn't get past <laughs> that because you're putting Spike on level with Warren. What yeah, Warren does yeah, in Dead yeah. Things and what Warren does in the previous season with the with the sex bot. And now what but what Spike does there, Spike is better than Warren. Spike's always yeah, been better than Warren. 100%. And so so you're right. That's it. So you you turn me around. Dead things is definitely the worst. Okay. And it's back to what we were saying last time. Like I really tried to convince Tonya yeah. and I didn't at all. Yeah. <laughs> but but the idea that Spike's making conscious decisions all the time. And he has a line in this season where he says, like, you have changed me. Like right. I have no soul, but I make conscious choices that are good. And I don't know why I do that, but I do because I want to be a better man for you. And then it just doesn't track at all. It just, it feels like they're trying to, to bait controversy. I can't think of any other reason for it. No. Right. I don't need, I, you're totally right. You're absolutely right. And cause you're right. The, the thing that I think is, is, and this is, again, we didn't convince Tanya about the value of Dawn, but, <laughs> but yeah. it's Dawn that gives Spike loves Dawn. Yeah, quite. And so, and Dawn loves Spike, most mm. importantly. Dawn, it doesn't have a crush on the whole crush thing. Ugh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dawn just loves Spike. Mm-hmm. Not in love with Spike. She doesn't think Spike's dreamy. She, he's a stable, he's the most stable figure in her life, more than Giles, more than Willow, more than, well, mm-hmm. Tara, of course, but then she loses Tara. 
Yeah. So, so Spike becomes the most stable figure in her life and he calls her a little bit and he loves her too. So, so that's a conscious choice. He doesn't have to. Yeah. yeah quite. He's not, he doesn't hang out with Don to make Buffy like him, which is what everybody says. He and Don know their friend. He knows their type. Mm-hmm, he mm-hmm. loves Don. And so um, you're right. There's so much there's. So again, why do that? Three minutes, just cut it. Just cut yeah. those. Cut it, man. You're right, because it does, it does make, if you think, now that I'm thinking about it in comparison to dead things and the awful stuff that when they kill the girl, they, from the, yeah. from the previous Katrina, season. Katrina, yeah. Katrina, it's awful. It's pretty terrible. Um, yeah, all right, you've turned me around. Dead things is definitely the worst. Um, you're right. I, I think I just conflated that scene because the rest of the episode isn't, isn't as terrible. I don't think so. No, I think I think that scene is deplorable, and we don't need it. Yeah. Um, but all. I think the general tone of Dead Things is is worse. It is. For, no, for, you're right. It's that three minutes over, you know, nearly a whole episode. It is. Um, it's, I would never watch Dead Things again. You're right. No, and taps into like I really don't like the soap opery, you know, everyday problems part. But I, and I mentioned it already, but I really don't like the the tone of this season. It just doesn't sit right. And that is from moment one with the trio. Yeah. Andrew and Jonathan are clownish comedy characters and they're silly and they pretend they want to be evil and they never do. And that's why we can redeem Andrew in season seven. And I think we yeah. do. And I think that works well. Despite I don't, the fact- I don't like that. I mean, spoilers, everybody. I don't like yeah, that yeah, Anya, yeah. Anya dies to save him. I never am okay with that. Fine. And I don't like that he kills Jonathan either in season seven. Yeah, yeah. But no, right, as a character, there's a path where he can be redeemed. But from moment one, and it's clearly what Adam Bush has been asked to do as Warren, is to play yeah. him as oh, yeah, yeah. He's, evil he's and sadistic and misogynist. And, and it just doesn't work. I, he's always skin crawling and, and creepy and horrible. And they, they put these funny guys next to him looking up to him. It just it, it doesn't work. No, and you you said it perfectly. And that was, I said that too pretty early on when I started watching the season because I started ahead of you because I was like, I'm just yeah. going <laughs> to knuckle down. And I said to you, by episode four, when they show up, I was like, it is so uneven. And that's what it is. Mm. It's that you've got this. If, you're, if your season is supposed to be Buffy coming to grips with life and mm-hmm. having a real hard knocks life season, it's a hard knock life for Buffy. Okay, then why are these the bad guys? If if you don't need a bad guy, this could be a whole season of, of, you know, Willow's descent into Mm -hmm. madness. Mm -hmm. You can still have something. If you need to fridge Tara for whatever reason, if that's what you feel you need to do, do what you got to do. But you don't need a big bad because the big bad is Buffy. And that would have been clever. But but you put, like you said, because, and, and again, we know all three actors are pretty good. Like, um, Danny Strong in particular, I've always said since the beginning, I think he's yep. great as Jonathan. I think he's given it as all. And because he's a writer, it must have really been painful for him to be like, what? And maybe this is why he went on to start writing. Because right. he's like, yeah, yeah. I, this is a mess. And there needs to be, we need to, I need to clean this shit up. You know, and he went on and wrote for Gilmore Girls. So it's not like he can't write. I mean, he knows what dialogue is. And he mm-hmm. wrote the Hunger Games movies and The Butler. I mean, he can do anything. And so it must have been painful for him to be like, are you reading this script? Because it is, it's all <laughs> over the place. And you're like, how does Double Meat Palace, which is kind of lighthearted and silly, mm-hmm. then Dead Things is the next episode? Like, yeah. what are you doing? What are you trying to do? It, it, it's icky. Cool. Those as a pair is, uh, 
It's something quite, you did it as a pair as well. I did. You? It was a pair of. Oof. Yeah. And then Older and Far Away, which isn't bad. Clem, I love Clem. And there's a lot of good in that episode, but it's like, it almost, I think people think that episode's probably better than it is because sure. it comes after. It's, it's just fine. I don't, it's sense. a middling episode. It's fine. You know, yeah. I realize people love Clem and you keep bringing Clem back. It's smart. It's a smart choice to continue to bring him back. And, but it's yeah. like, yeah, no, I think you're right. You've turned me around. Dead things is definitely the worst. Um, I still, it's, it's just that, that I struggle with that. And what do you make of the, um, the essays that are out there of the barrier gaze? Because it's not like Willow isn't gay anymore, but the mm-hmm. argument being that they kill off Tara because Amber Benson looks like Amber Benson. Um, do you think that's I mean, true? Uh, do you know what? I'd never thought about it, if I'm honest, because yeah. you know I'm a straight white middle-aged man, so yeah. I guess these things don't occur to me until my sister mentioned it during the Nevers. Yeah, and it, and it was like a light bulb moment. I was like, oh my god, yeah, of course, that makes total sense. She doesn't fit into the body mold of what was expected. And then you look at who Willow then ends up dating later on. Yeah, and who does fit into that? Um, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. It's not something I, I've heard of really, if I'm honest. But it's something I'll be interested in and reading about now. I know what it is. Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot out there on it, and it's it's one of those things too because she's I love her. Like my my yeah. my youngest Tara was always her favorite character. Always always loved Tara. Um, yeah. And uh, as soon as she showed up, she just loved her and and wanted and I did too. I've I, I think mm-hmm. Amber Benson's character mm-hmm. her acting is great. Um, you know, she's quite a writer herself. She went on and wrote a bunch of stuff and she actually wrote a, the Willow and Tara comic. That's right. Yeah. 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 And she wrote some stuff with Christopher Golden who did a lot of the novelizations of the Buffy books. And he like Mm -hmm. did the pretty maids all in a row, the spike and drew book, which is fucking awesome. I love that book. But, um, so she's really talented. And, uh, I just think I, I, I understand, um, I don't know. I just think she was done dirty. And I think she feels the same, doesn't she? I think she does. Um, yeah, she's the Fred of Buffy, which I know is a weird thing to say because Fred comes later in yeah. Angel. But she's the character who is brought in into this into a into a series and really m- makes a character their own and almost becomes the most interesting character within the show. And that's totally the case with Fred. It is with Fred, and we'll get into yeah, her yeah. and Angel, but she yeah, is yeah. Easily, easily the best character in that series. Yeah. Um, other than a character who comes in in, in season five. Right, um, right. <laughs> we we kind of know who that is already. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I think Giles is a massive loss this season, but so is Tara. For the episodes that she is out, there's a massive hole that she's left as well. And it, and it's, it's almost like she's snuck into that position. You don't really realise how important she is to the dynamic of the group until she's not there. I guess it's that classic thing. You don't know what you've got till it's gone. But mm-hmm. when she's out, because her and Willow are broken up, you really miss her. You do. And it's really, it is sad. Um, and, you know, and it's like when you watch the opening credits, um, she's, you know, she's the one episode where she dies. Yeah. She's in the opening credits. But she's in every opening credits. She's blowing pixie dust right, right, right in your face. Yeah. And I love that whomever, because, you know, that's always a different group, whoever puts the mm, opening mm. credits together, they obviously recognize she's important. And she, again, I think Amber Benson was done dirty as an actor. Mm-hmm. Like, and again, I love Emma Caulfield, but why is she a series regular? Like, yeah, what is yeah, she? Sure. She's not, she's a great actor, but they both are great. They both can sing. Yeah, they yeah. bring different things. One brings mm-hmm. comedy. One brings groundedness. One brings humility. 
and 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 it's just good that you need a good character. You need somebody yeah. good, and she's they're, good. They've both been brought in for the same reason. They've both been yeah. brought in initially to be the partner of an established main right. cast. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So why why is one elevator to regular and one not? It's it's very interesting actually. Yeah. It's really disappointing, really. Um, but anyway, so we all agree that's sad. And I heard I heard Rhea say that. I totally agree mm. um, with her. But I, it's I just. I don't know. I just feel like Amber Benson has done dirty. I think Tara has done dirty. Um, yeah, I can never say it enough. I, it's, it's, yeah. it's, 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 again, I understand that's a Whedon thing. And one of my favorite young adult writers, Scott Westerfeld, he doesn't mind. He'll kill a character. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, if there's a good reason, I don't think there's a good reason here. Um, no, and I, well, yeah, I mean, we'll get we'll, we'll get into Dark Willow. Uh, yeah, well, that's the next. Let's talk about some of the questions. Yeah, yeah, let's talk about those. So, okay, um, have you got any lens things you want to talk about quickly? Oh, we yeah, go? yeah, or, or yes, we it, you think? I think we did. I think the um, the fact that there's like ooh, sexy lesbians and ooh, gay guys are gross, and then yeah. and the the stuff with Andrew, that actor is gay. They, yeah. He plays Andrew is gay, and then the whole thing is early on when they're touching hands, he's like ew, and he's like overdoing it, and so. That's always a problem. And the way that just gay men have always been treated in mm-hmm. reading properties is always bad. And you go back to thinking about the way that, like, even Friends, which has some problems with gay jokes, mm-hmm. without mm-hmm. a doubt, those guys touch each other all the time. Yeah. And so while there's some gay, like, I don't, like, Friends through a 2020 lens has lots of problems with that, with gay, mm-hmm. with gay mm-hmm. jokes. But, but the three mm-hmm. actors were never told to not touch each other like real friends would. And so, but there's not, there's none of that in this show. There's no male, like Buffy and Willow will cuddle and Mm -hmm. everybody cuddles with Dawn and everybody cuddled with Joyce. You know what I mean? Like Joyce was his mom. And so, but there's, there's never anything more than a bro hug. And that Mm, is to me for that's a problem. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's a good, something else I haven't thought, but yeah, I totally agree with you. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Is there anything else that you had on your 2021 lens? Sorry. Yeah, I think no, I think we say like we're going to do that, but we just always do it. That's why we've done it with it. Like I think that. I think particularly this this uh, episode we've we've done it within because I asked so many yeah. all the way through. I think. Um, no, I think you know we've spoken about the cheapness of some of it. Um. Yeah. No, I think I think because I've been harping on about the tonal issues and the. Uh, they're so properness of it. I think we've covered it all. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's get on to this. So do you want mm. to start with, um, well, let's start with Spider-Dan. Um, yeah. Sp- Spider-Dan says, is this the best X-Men Dark Phoenix adaptation? <laughs> He's so clever, isn't he? He is. What um, do you think? I would agree if we're talking about live action. Yeah. Um, of course, we've got the awesome X-Men, the animated series which is basically a live-action comic version, isn't it? Um, yeah, a yeah. motion comic version. But yeah, I mean, I, again, it's something I hadn't thought of before. Me neither. I loved it. We know how uh, influenced Whedon is by X-Men. Of course. Um, as we've been discussing week by week when we've been doing the Nevis. Right. Um, and we know that he wrote for the X-Men as well. and that. Um, yeah, he had a whole run. He had a couple-year run there. Yeah. Yeah, which, you know, we don't want to praise him too much, but it was, was really good, I think. I really mm-hmm. enjoyed that run. Um, and we know that Kitty Pride is a massive character for him and that influenced a lot of his writing in terms of how he depicted Buffy and other female characters. So yeah, it makes total sense that that yeah. was a pull that I'd never, never made. I didn't either. Before. So bravo, Spider-Dan. Yeah. You magnificent bastard, you. 
Um, so Tanya says the parallels between Vampire Willow and Dark Willow, and then she did the board now. Yeah. What I didn't I didn't think about that. Um, I mean, obviously there's a lot of parallels there, but I I kind of think that Vampire Willow is different than Dark Willow in that um all of the vampires have some humanity where where until mm-hmm. Giles gives it to her, Dark Willow doesn't have any. Yeah, I think do you want to tie this into Rhea's question? Because she's like yeah, she thinks yeah. about it as well, doesn't she? Mm-hmm. And I think the two of them are on there. I mean, I'm not a fan of Dark Willow. Yeah. And I'm not a fan of Alison Hannigan's performance as Dark Willow either. I th- if I'm honest, if I'm brutally honest, I think it's beyond her. Yeah. I think she, I think she's a talented comedy actress. I th- and I think as Vamp Willow, that she's is a comedy, comedy role. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Dark Willow is a dramatic performance. And I'm I'm not sure if I'm if I'm honest, she's up to the task. It she's playing a difficult role, which is always hard for anyone playing kind of a telekinetic character i'm going to stand and put my hands out and yeah something it's hard to do i look like i'm like trapped in a box i'm a mime yeah i'm doing i'm in a i'm in a background dancer in madonna's vogue video what am <laughs> sure, i doing yeah. right yeah i always feel sorry for those actors but you know some people managed managed to do enough of their presence to make it feel I, i'm not sure she does and the lines she's given are not great um the makeup design she's given is awful awful um it looks like somebody's literally drawn on her head with pen yep She's probably done it herself just before she's come on yeah. camera. Yeah. Um, but and you know, I love Alison Hannigan. I think she's great as well. And we've discussed it lots of times and how good she is, but I'm not sure she quite pulls this off, if I'm honest. And I think that makes sense why this character doesn't come back as a as a live action performance again next season. We see a different yeah. interpretation later on, but um I, I think they probably realized it too. I think she, I know you're right, a bigger again, fan, so I don't know if you, if no, you agree. No, I'm a fan. Not. No, 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 I'm a fan. I just think, right, no, I agree with everything that you said, that I think there's some good stuff that she does in here. But yeah, no, and, and you know, she goes on to do, she cut her teeth in comedy. She did this. She's always been funny, subtly funny mm-hmm. on this. Um, the once, uh, How I Met Your Mother, she's funny. She's the host of Penn & Teller's magic show. She's funny. She's charming and lovely and funny, mm-hmm. and and that's who she is. I mean, mm-hmm. um and so, yeah, no, I agree. I, I don't like, I don't like Willow. I think again, this whole season, they were like, I don't know how to do anything. This is like the most, we don't know how to write for women on a show about women season. Yeah, it makes no weird. sense. It's so weird. It is, yeah. it, it is, it, it falls apart. And, and um, your sister says, uh, Buffy stops being the protagonist in her own show, mm-hmm. which we, I think we've discussed that it doesn't work. Yeah. It's just poorly plotted, isn't it? I mean, you know, we don't repeat yeah. ourselves, but that's, that, yeah. that's what it is, isn't it? It's, um, yeah, it's poor in concept, it's poor in design, and it's poorly executed, if I'm honest, yeah. in general. Yeah, I agree, because her last question was, we could spend all day breaking down the, its misogyny through a 2021 lens, but how? what what can be done when watching shows that are so overly misogynistic to learn and facilitate a discussion? And I think, first of all, getting women, and there was a lot of episodes written by women, but I don't think they were in charge. Yeah, I think, right. I think it, it, it can be done. I think... Paul Feig's bridesmaids, mm-hmm. like, you know, his muse is Melissa McCarthy, right? He's mm-hmm. like, I got, I see what you are and I'm going to give you what you what you are and I'm going to let you do things. And so I think Paul Feig's Ghostbusters was great. I thought bridesmaids was great. I loved the heat. So I think it's not to say you can't have men that course, yeah. do show things about women, but I think the men need to think about them and talk to them. And I feel like if anyone had asked any of these actors, what do you think of this? They would have all been like, nah, 
But oh, we've under contract to do season six, so this is what it is. Sure. That's yeah. I think that's my that makes sense. Yeah. And I think, you know, you look at the Nevers, which had its problems, and we were quite critical each time we looked at a different episode, but that's a show about women with women writers. Yeah. Um in the press with a with a female showrunner. Mm-hmm. Um, but was another weed and property at the end of the day, but definitely got the the characterization better in that and got the relationships yeah. in women better. And you look at the arc that um, is within that show for your main female characters, um, particularly for as she becomes known Zephyr. Um, that that's handled, you know, that's handled pretty, that's handled much, much better. Oh, than absolutely. Either yeah. Buffy or Willow are in this, in this series. Yeah. Not, and none of the women. And again, you, that you don't, none of the women come out of this season. In good no. shape, and not, no. and 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 again, not everything has to be sunshine and roses. But but, I mean, it's a show about vampires. But it's just like you kill Tara, you mm-hmm. ruin, you destroy Willow, you turn Anya back into a demon because the only thing she's she gets left at the altar. I mean, he is totally punching above his weight, dude. Yeah, right. Demon or not, the you slept with that soulless monster. That line was so stupid. That yeah, is one of yeah. the dumbest lines ever. I'm like demon. Are you, I mean, Angel. Angel. Yeah. Are you looking? I mean, are you looking at what James Masters looks like? Because he is. I know. Handsome and yeah, I know. <laughs> and then you're like, huh? Yeah, he's got a lot of Bowie going on. You're like, what are you? What are we talking about? Yeah. So, so it's just it was really bad, and it's just bad. It is the, it is the worst season for yeah. women. Let and I understand they try to make up for it with season seven with the where mm-hmm. we can all be slayers. Um, and and I'm okay. I think, and we'll see. I think in my mind again, season seven is way better. Mm-hmm. That they fix, that they they correct. They don't overcorrect. They correct, which yeah. I appreciate that the need to say like it's just because season five is so good. This was such a fucking train wreck. That um, and again, there's still love. There's still things to love um, here. But yeah, nobody was done well. No, yeah. I mean, I, I completely agree. I guess you, we could argue Dawn maybe. And her character's left in a really interesting place. And that final episode where Buffy yeah. is like, I want to show you the world. I'm going to let you take chances. And that little moment when she does the little roll and the the sword chop, and she's like, yeah. I've been watching you, you know? Yeah. I think there's a good decision made in season seven with her character that she doesn't, spoilers for what we're going to talk about next month, doesn't become a potential. One of the slayers, yeah. I think that was the right move. Because it was too doubt. obvious. Yeah. And she's not... She's on, not the, the easy choice is right because she's Buffy. She's made yeah, of Buffy. Yeah, yeah. So of course, she, but of course, that's yeah. I, I am glad they didn't do that either. Mm. But there was still more they could have done with it, they kind of set her up that she can fight and she can do something. And then suddenly next season she can't do anything again. So I think, yeah, even when they make one step forward here, we go two steps back again in season seven, sadly. That's no, totally true. Totally true. Um, so our friend Neil from Get Your Comic Con mm. says, um, Quite a few highlights for this season. I still enjoy both parts of the bargaining, which you've already said. Mm-hmm. Seeing the Scoobies trying and failing clip about Buffy. Of course, once more feeling the Tara dance blooper. I don't get the Tara dance blooper. I've never noticed it, so I'm going to have to, have to go have back. To watch that again. Yeah, yeah. Damn. They, oh, Damn darn, you, Neil. Neil. Okay. <laughs> uh, Michelle Branch, of course, in Tabula Rasa. I love mm. Lisa Michelle Branch. You know, she like became country with country. Mm, okay. Like, went to a country band. She's what a voice that Michelle Branch. Boy. Amazing. Yeah. 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 Um, and again, if it weren't for season five, if there weren't for the once more the feeling, that'd be the song. Right. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so um, the way the final five episodes flow is one story, which I agree, but mm-hmm. 
It's also should have been one shorter. Yeah, should have been three episodes, maybe. Um, his low point, I can't stand seeing Spuffy and Spuffy, Buffy and Spike bring down the house. And yeah, so, cool. so watching it this time, we talked about this before, how um Stephanie Meyer just clearly was like, What if mm. I wrote Buffy? There's literally a scene in the fourth book, and I've never seen the movie, so I don't know if it was mm-hmm. in the movies, where they have sex and break down a house. Oh, interesting. Okay. I and I totally forgotten that this scene was in here mm-hmm. and i was like jesus christ woman you just literally <laughs> were like i can rewrite buffy um it's crazy bananas what did you what think of the tearing down the house scene yeah and- it doesn't work in the show so i imagine it doesn't work in the novel either no. Um, no it's ridiculous and the next morning like oh when did the house fall down yeah um so dumb. again season three season two that would have been a metaphor it wouldn't have been literal yeah um that, that's just, again, you know, a sign of where we're at in terms of the show. Yeah, right. And then and then you're and I, I, I think if everyone just goes to us on Twitter and follows this link, because mm, Neil yeah. and, and Rhea, I don't want to read the whole thing out. I copied a bunch of it. They have such a great conversation. They do. I, um, I, I thought I'd step back and let them carry on because, you know, we we're going to talk. Yeah, about it no, I stayed out of it. Yeah. And so it I don't want to I don't want to take too much away from it. To, just to say two really smart people who love this series. Having yeah. a really great, this is, by the way, people, this is how the internet is supposed to work. I don't think Rhea and Neil know each other. I wouldn't have thought so, no. Right? And I don't know Neil other than through this. I listen to his show. Mm, yeah, same. And Max Max writes for Get Your Comic Con. Mm-hmm. So I, I know what Neil sounds like. I, I like his show a lot. I, he's um, he's a smart guy. But it's great to watch people, watch the internet and nerd culture come together. So go watch them have this glorious conversation about Mm. um, their own modern lens, like especially Rhea thinking about, you know, as a child, as a teenager Mm -hmm. watching it. And now she's, because she did say, it feels weird that at 16 found season six, the easiest to relate to something about reaching an age where suddenly the curtain gets pulled back and absolutely nothing is as shiny or as easy as it was before. (laughs) Love that. Right. Yeah. There's just, it's, and, and, and then, and then your sister, that was Neil says, and then your sister says, she actually likes season six more as an adult identifying with Buffy's depression and try. And so it's like, what a great, what a great conversation. So everybody should go and read what uh, Rhea and Neil said. Don't you think? I agree. Yeah. It was I'm not doing it justice. Well, and, and yeah, it was like, as you said, like people don't really know each other, but are vibing on, on the same thing. And then it gets to a place where it's just like, well, what a wonderful, what a wonderful like conversation we've had. Let's leave it there and, uh, and carry yeah. on with our day. Yeah. It was really great. Nice. Yeah. I loved it. They're great. So if you want to go see what the internet can be, get mm. on our yeah, Twitters yeah. and follow them, follow Rio found Neil and see what they have to say. Um, we wouldn't about, be here talking right now if it wasn't for those little corners of the internet. Correct. Yes. And because it's, it's lovely. So, well, that is it, my friend. I think, I think we did it. I think we did. And I'm sure we've upset quite a few people, but what can you do? That's well, it's that that's, but we are just for being honest. We're never mean. We're just honest. We still love no, Buffy. It's, it's, um, you know, like I always say, I have Star Wars Stockholm Syndrome that I like them all. Like if any mm-hmm. of them on, even clones, if it's on, I'm going to watch it. Um, and when I rewatch them, I watch them all. I don't skip any of them. Yeah. Um, I like the new trilogy. I love Rogue One. You know, like it was my childhood. My earliest memory is seeing Star Wars. Mm-hmm. And so like there's something about seeing Buffy. Um, she's younger than me, right? The character's younger than I am. But I love the original movie. And But it was just this series meant a lot to me. Mm-hmm. Um and and so even though season six is pretty bad, I'm still glad it exists just because 
if you don't love something, you can't be disappointed in, right? You, if you, yeah, if it wasn't so important, you would just stop watching. But we kept watching. I'm not in that camp, which is like, you know, season five is the end and it, yeah, it never right. continued. It Not at all. Like it continued and I'm glad it continued because I would have kept watching it forever, probably, if it kept going. Oh, for no sure. Matter, yeah. No and matter we read how the comics. Yeah. And we yeah, read the exactly. comics. Yeah. 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 Um, and season eight definitely has its problems, which we'll do. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to get my friend Janine Mercer. I'm trying to work that out. So Janine is a big Buffy head. And she has a, she's been on Mike's show a few times. She has her own podcast called the Identity Podcast. She lives in uh, Wisconsin. So it's, we're at this weird time where like <laughs> the time that's good for us and the time that's good for her aren't great. So yeah. trying to work that out. So Janine, we're going to try because she and I talked about doing season eight before. So now mm-hmm. that we've started this project, I would love to get her on. She's she's a big Buffy I, I fan. I can stay up late if that helps. It may have to be that. It may have to be that you stay up late. Okay. So Janine, we're, we're going to try, friend. We're trying. So, um, well, this is it, man. I think next season is next month. Everybody suddenly. We're at the end. How has that happened? We've been doing this for six months. I know. It doesn't feel like it. It, uh, it doesn't at all. So next month, here's what's going to happen, everybody. We're going to do season six or season seven together, just us. Janine's actually already sent me a bunch of comments about Faith oh, and, and everything for season seven. So it's cool. And then... Um, yes, I've totally forgotten. You've just totally forgot who comes back in season seven. Faith, that just made yeah. me so happy about the yeah, prospect of yeah, yeah. getting she, in season seven. She, she just I'm thinks overjoyed. Faith is always... She has problems with the potentials and faith and all that. So she's got some thoughts. Yeah, sure. Um, no, maybe I'll have her record it. I'll see if I can have her record it. Oh, and nice. We'll yeah. drop her voice in because, you know, she's got a podcast. She can do that for us. So um, and then what we're going to do right after the week after Rhea's going to join us and we're going to we're mm-hmm. going to rank our favorite. We're going to rank our top seven favorites, our least favorite, and then rank the seasons. And then if we have time, talk about the movie, too. Yeah, sounds great. I hope you've been yep. keeping a record of what all our favorites were. And I've favorites. got a list somewhere, but you know nah, they're, on, they're all recorded. We can go back and listen. But yeah, I've got a list somewhere. It's, I've got this notebook that has that's that organization list. thing that I don't have to worry about. I just turn up and talk. You yeah, do all that, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, it's all good. Yeah, see, I've got like different notes for different seasons. So, anywho, well, let's. T- I need to go because I'm having Chinese food for dinner, everybody. Tonight and all nights when you're listening to this, it'll be Chinese night forever because I've recorded it. <laughs> so where can everybody find us on the internet? I'm at Tricycle Boombox and I'm on Comics in Motion. Where are you? I'm at, I am Jack's Musings and I'm on Comics in Motion too. What? That's crazy. People should follow. <laughs> and I hear there's the new thing on Comics in Motion called I'm Pop Gorillas. Yeah. Oh, what's that? I've never heard of it. I Sounds believe there's exciting. a Pop Gorilla at the beginning of this episode. Oh, it must have been somebody really smart. That had it was somebody really smart whose name has been brought up a bunch um, <laughs> doing a no-spoiler review of an Elizabeth Moss film. Well, I mean, I, I can't wait to listen back to hear that. Now. <laughs> yeah, so it's you and me and Rhea, and we're gonna once we figure it out, we'll reach out to some other people. So we're doing spoiler-free reviews in less time than it takes to listen to a pop song. Yeah, it's good fun. I've, I've, it is I've fun. enjoyed the, the start. I have too. And it was just your idea, your your blog. You would say that it went your blog, but out loud. Yeah. 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 That's well, your idea. Yeah. yeah. Well, it was you, you did the blog. All right. Tag your <laughs> it. Yeah. You're the best. No, you are. All right. Well, I am. Yeah. What's the, what's the last? What are we going to end with? Um, we should, we're going to end with the with the classical song, the classical yeah. ending from the. Yep. All right. Thanks, everybody. We'll Lovely. see you next month. Take care.